It'd be like landing a punch on a cement wall. But they actually see that fist coming and they can bob and weave out of the way. They're like, what? Why yeah. am I fucking facing Floyd Mayweather in the fucking woods? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Hello and welcome to the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. My name is David Shockley. And I'm Morgan Miller. And this is the podcast where we interview people that aren't famous but should be. And after four long months, we finally have someone new in the virtual guest seat. With us today is animal attack survivor specialist and host of the highly anticipated Teeth podcast, Jeremy Carberry. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, 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 we're doing it. We're doing it. It's good to have you, Jeremy. I'm so happy to be here. Now, we know you as the animal attack survivor specialist. How does one get such a title? Um, I just made that up for myself. <laughs> I told you. I called it. There wasn't like an agency that I needed to file for membership or anything. I told you he was like the Bigfoot hunters. I was totally giving you credit, Jeremy, that there is some form of governing body uh, for this certification. And uh, and now and now I have to I've totally lost a bet here. <laughs> sorry sorry to do that to you david it's okay well honestly i should probably cash in on this bet right now because if i lose the bet everyone on the podcast has to take a shot <laughs> i'm down with that do you have anything to drink with you i do yeah awesome what are you drinking today i'm drinking kombucha and tequila Ooh. oh my god he's so fancy right california yeah are you in California right now? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a California thing, but that's what I do. <laughs> right. We're drinking vodka. Oh, nice. Right on. All right. Well, cheers to you, Jeremy. Cheers. Oh. Feel better already. I feel like I haven't had a shot in a really long time. Right? There's been like no reason to celebrate recently. Oh, yeah. Well, that's this past unfortunate. year has been a rough one. You just have to be more creative. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you've survived a lot of animal attacks yourself, hopefully all of them. <laughs> Can you give us a rundown of some of your encounters that you've, uh, that you've had? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the, the ones that put me in the hospital were Stingray. Um, Stingray twice. Uh, twice? Twice? Yeah. Probably. Is it the same Stingray? Does that one just have a grudge against you? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the first one that got me, the, the actual barb broke loose and got lodged in my ankle and oh, no. it, it takes them a pretty long time to grow back another barb and the the second one was like only a couple months later so i think it was a, i think it was a different one probably related though it's probably some type of it was like his thing. friend he said this is for tony it was like yeah he was like you know i heard what you did to james you tried to step on him this is what you get <laughs> you two will fall like our beloved steven <laughs> yeah and then I've had I've had a lot of close calls with some other animals and bears and sea lions stuff like that. And then I've been bit by like the normal most kid most people that are in nature get you know get bit by spiders and snakes and that kind of stuff. Been bit by those things as well. What would you say the most painful injury you've received from an animal? Has so been? so without a doubt the stingray the second time they um they're kind of like bees or like a hornet where they have like a barb that's covered in poison. I think it depends on how recently it stung something else. If it stung something else recently mm -hmm. and it stings you, then it probably used up most of its toxins 
there's like a poison gland that the barb hangs out in. And then when the barb shoots out into something, it takes with it all the poison. So the first time I got stung, it, it went into my ankle, which is bony, and it didn't go in very far. And then the second time I got stung, it went into the bottom of my foot. I didn't step on it. I was just, oh. I was just swimming and, and somehow like, I don't know if he was just in a bad mood or what. It's kind of, it's kind of rare that they just flip up their stinger. And then the barb went into the bottom of my foot really deep. Oh. And it, yeah, that was, that was definitely the worst pain from any animal attack or anything ever that I've ever felt. What was getting you so close to these stingrays? Um, just being in the ocean. In Southern California in the summertime, the stingrays come in shallow water to a breed, like really shallow water because it's nice and warm. And I've seen like so many stingrays in certain areas where you can't see the sand on the bottom of the ocean in like three, four feet of water because it's literally just Whoa. all stingrays. Like if you fall out of your kayak or your paddleboard or whatever you're on and you just fall into the water, you'll probably get stung multiple times in those areas where they're all congregated. I'm glad we're over here, Dave. Yeah, you've never made me more happy to be on the East Coast. But the but the thing is, okay, I you know, I've been going in the ocean in California since I've lived here for, you know, 15, 16 years, I don't know. And then I, I used to go to the ocean on the East Coast too. There's stingrays over there as well. And don't tell me that. <laughs> You've ruined the beach for me. That's all we have here in Delaware is our beaches and you have fucked it up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know like how far north they go, but I know that they're on like in, you know, Florida and southern East Coast. But yeah, you might want to look into that. But, you know, if you shuffle your feet, you know, people that are listening, if you're in the ocean, you don't want to take steps. You know, you want to drag your feet along the bottom of the ocean. That way, if your foot bumps into the side of a stingray or some other wonderful sea creature, it's going to swim away, crawl away, and it's not going to attack you. If you lift your foot up and put it down, you might step right onto something like that. And then you trap the stingray between your foot and the bottom of the ocean, and it, it doesn't know that you just accidentally stepped on you. It thinks that it's being attacked. And it's going to flip that barb up, which is what happened the first time I got stung and went to my ankle. So, yeah, there's ways to very pretty accurate ways to prevent, you know, being stung. I'm glad that you've that you've mentioned this, like how to prevent getting stung, because I did want to ask questions about how to handle some animal encounters safely. But yeah. honestly, I'm not sure if you're qualified to answer any of these <laughs> questions because you've been attacked by everything under the sun. Yeah. I, mean, I had this conversation recently, like, why should we listen to you? You're like, you're the one who messes everything up. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Okay, so if you're in the ocean constantly, you know, like I, I work as a, a kayak guide. So I'm, I'm literally in the ocean every day or five, six days a week, you know. In, in the summer here in uh, California, and then in the winter, uh, last winter I was in Maui, so pretty much every day I'm in the ocean somewhere, and there's stingrays in the ocean, and sharks, everything else. So just by kind of like repetition, you're gonna bump into stuff, especially when you're not shuffling your feet all the time. It's gonna happen, and... I can't know, even shuffle when I'm on a dance floor. <laughs> I've seen it, doesn't, it's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> the good news is it doesn't have to be to tempo. <laughs> Your advice is just pretend you're a penguin. Oh, you make the cutest penguin, Dave. <laughs> there I am in my three-piece suit going for a swim. <laughs> 
It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Now, I understand you have so much experience with animals that I kind of want to ask you a few questions about some animals specifically. Like, let's say I'm in the woods and I encounter these animals. I would just want to hear what your advice would be for encountering these. Are you ready? Hit me. Grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. All right. So you're, you're in grizzly bear country or you already see the grizzly bear? I, I've just seen the grizzly bear. Well, before you even see the grizzly bear, if you know that you're going to go hiking in grizzly bear country, which in, in North America is a very, very small, they have a very, very small range in the United States. It's pretty much Montana. And then like a little bit in Idaho, a little bit in whatever other Wyoming or something, you know, but they have a very small range in in United States. I didn't read the pamphlet. I'm, I'm facing one down. Yeah. Okay. So you're in, you're in grizzly country. So before you even see the grizzly bear, hopefully you, you have bear spray with you, which is absolutely essential if you're in grizzly bear country. Um, another thing you want to do is have, don't be alone. If you have somebody else with you, chances are you're going to be making a little bit more noise. You're going to be talking with them and then you're not going to startle the bear. What you don't want to do is be hiking alone silently, turn a corner and then, you know, startle a mom grizzly bear with her two cubs. Just like she didn't even hear you coming. That's what you want to avoid. Yeah. I've heard bear cubs. You're, you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I I talked to a guy who who was in that situation and lived through it to tell the story, (laughs) but he had his partner there and they both had bear spray. So to answer your question, um, you see a grizzly bear in the wild. First thing you want to do is pull that bear spray out. And before you got into the woods, you practiced using the bear spray, taking the safety off, making sure that you you can grab it quick. It's like a quick draw, right? You're, You're a cowboy in the old west. You don't want to be fumbling around looking through your backpack. Where's the bear spray? I thought you took the bear spray. Maybe it's in my pocket. Maybe it's in, you know, you can't. If you take any time doing that, that could cost you your life. So you want to have that bear spray really handy. And then what you want to do, if the bear is not charging you, you just want to have that bear spray ready just in case the bear does charge you. <gasps> do you think that a flamethrower would be an equal deterrent for a grizzly bear? Uh, yeah, I feel like a flamethrower has more moving pieces and parts, you know, you have to have the lighter, it's probably heavier. No, 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 I have my lighter and I have my hairspray because I, in fact, have hair. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I you know what, I, had, I don't have any significant data to support or disapprove of <laughs> that proposal. All right, David, we have a new mission. Off to Idaho we go. <laughs> Get Elon Musk on the phone. We need the, we need the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, I think that is good advice. So, yeah, having the bear spray ready. Then what you want to do is is make make yourself big, stand up nice and tall, put your arms in the air, and make a lot of noise, right? So then that lets the bear know that you're you're not prey. You're you're actually confident and loud and big. And then if the bear does charge you, you want to point that bear spray at the bear's feet and spray it. Um, a lot of people think at the face, what happens is it, is it spreads out. So if you spray it at its face, the wind might blow it all away before the bear actually gets into the cloud. If you point it at the ground, at the bear's feet, it's going to bounce off the ground and kind of make a plume where its face is going to be. You kind of have to think ahead. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was like a, 
a spray pattern I had to follow with this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a lot involved to bear spray. And a lot of the stories that I've heard, people have bear spray with them, but they never get it out of their pocket in time or out of their backpack in time. Grizzly bear can run like over 30 miles per hour. So by Jesus. the time you see it and the time that it, it closes the gap on you, you don't really have very much time to, to figure out what's going on. It's just as fast as an ostrich. <laughs> but much bigger. You have to have that thing keistered and ready to go. <laughs> Pop it out yeah. real quick. Yeah, this guy that I talked to, Bob Lagasa, he had bear spray with him. The bear attacked him. While the bear was attacking him, he got the bear spray out. And then in instead of spraying the bear, he sprayed himself in the eyes. And it it's pretty oh. much mace, <gasps> you know, or pepper spray. So now, now a bear is attacking him and he can't see. I think it's by far worse than mace. Yeah, it's pepper spray for a bear. It's mace for bears. Exactly, yeah. So now he's like literally blind and can't see while a bear is attacking him. And <laughs> in, in a this blizzard. This was the bear's plan all along. Yeah, it was like, I'm just going to let you take yourself out. Get him real scared, and then he'll spray himself in the face. Yeah, he kind of wanted a Cajun flavor. This is really flavor. just flavoring spray for exactly. me. Exactly, yep. You know, you know. Okay, and then la last thing with grizzly bears, since you asked, um, you don't want to fight back. Um, I've heard stories of people fighting back. Just let them have it. Um, not necessarily, but if you try to punch it or kick it or whatever, uh, a grizzly bear is the, the size of a car, you know, a small car. They're, they're massive, and apparently they're expert boxers. So even if you could land what a punch on a, on a grizzly bear, it'd be like landing a punch on a cement wall. But they actually see that fist coming, and they can bob and weave out of the way. They're like, what? Why yeah. am I fucking facing Floyd Mayweather in the fucking woods? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. It's gnarly. So, so you're not supposed to fight a grizzly bear. It's you're just kind of wasting your energy, and you're actually exposing your delicate parts, like your face and your neck. So, what you want to do is just lay on the ground Those and then put your hand, parts. put your hands in your neck or your hands and your arms up over your head. So that if that grizzly bear bites into something or claws into something, it's your arms, which you can live without. Once that grizzly bear gets into your head and your neck, you got a le less chance of surviving. What do you mean, Jeremy? You've just sold off my arms. <laughs> that bear gets in your head, it's like, you're weak just like your father. <laughs> <laughs> we can get him with mind games, Morgan. <laughs> your father would have been a better challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to our next animal. So we've handled grizzly bears, which sounds like we're dead. We're, we're they're gonna get us. Yeah, I'm just I'm giving up. If anything, I just don't look appetizing to start. I'm gonna walk around with like an expired meat tag on myself. Oh, man, if I'm with you, they're gonna get us. Yeah, we're not running. So we have grizzly bears. Uh, what about bear grills? If I see him in the wild, see bear grills in the wild. Oh man, I don't know. I would say probably the worst thing you could do is mock his British accent. That would probably get him upset. So I would say try to be respectful. I think the worst that would happen is he just wants to drink my piss. Um, maybe. Maybe if you're you in like a desert. You have to Stephen King in the woods. What was that? So Stephen King writes a lot about piss, man. Him in every book that huh. I've ever read by Stephen King, he has mentioned piss in some fashion or form so him and bear girls would get along what about thin what about thinner thinner what about that one is there piss in that one oh. i mean i can't 
I can't recall off the top of my head, but yeah. man, do I like that book. Oh my yeah. God. I can't believe you, Jeremy. You just stumped Morgan on Stephen King facts. She's that, a fucking fanatic. You would not believe. It's a really good book, Jeremy. Is there piss in, in that book? Yeah, that's one of the only books that I've read in one sitting. It's very rare for me. Oh, man. How did we get It's a pretty short book. I could see it. That's like what? Like maybe 250 pages long? I'm a slow reader, though. Me too, dude. Yeah. So how about this one? What if, uh, what about a cougar? Cougar. All right. If you see a cougar, um, same thing as a grizzly bear. You want to put your arms up, stand up nice and tall, make noise, uh, try to appear bigger and louder <laughs> than, than you would be otherwise. All right. I always heard this rumor that cougars didn't attack humans. Are we talking about like a mountain lion or like a, an older woman? Uh, we're talking about a, a single woman over 40. Okay. I, I have not figured out how to prevent those attacks. You just let them happen? Just like the grizzly bear attacks? Yeah, I kind of just cover my, you know, my delicate bits and, and, and play dead. Try to wait until they lose interest and move on. Hopefully <laughs> they lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they run out of energy quicker than a younger woman. <laughs> right, what about a snake of mysterious origin? Like you, you didn't get a chance to see the snake. It's a sneaky snake. Well, with, with mountain lion, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to do a thorough job here because if somebody's listening and they're in a situation, you know, we want them to have all the information. You never know. Jeremy, if, if somebody is in the woods and being attacked and they listen to this podcast, they're dead on arrival. <laughs> okay so the other thing is if the mountain lion attacks even after you are big and you know act make noise uh you you do want to well, fight back the, with the mountain lion they're not as good oh. at boxing um they're more of like a swiper and biter kind of a thing and if you do fight back and kick and punch they might get disoriented and, and decide to leave you alone. If you play dead, they're not going to leave you alone. They're actually going to kill you. And the worst thing you can do is run away. Really? From pretty much anything. You never want to run away from a, like a lion or a bear because then you look like prey. And even if they don't have any intentions of killing you and eating you, it just triggers an instinct response that you're running away and then they just chase after you. Kind of like a dog. <laughs> like, like if you're playing with your dog and you start running, the dog just freaks out and starts running like, yay, yay. That's something they reckon they get that. Yeah, except for you die. You're a fucking gazelle. Yep, yep, exactly. A beautiful, okay, snake. Beautiful gazelle. Snake. Uh, depends. You know, depends on what kind of snake it is. If you're if you're a hundred percent sure it's not a poisonous snake, and you get bit. I said it was a sneaky snake. A sneaky snake. Well, the, I think there's sneaky snakes that are poisonous and not poisonous. Let's assume it's poisonous. If it's poisonous, what you want to do is get your butt to a hospital as soon as humanly possible. Make sure you call 911. The old myth that you see in like Western movies of cowboys getting bit by rattlesnakes and then they suck the poison out of their wound, that's completely fake and doesn't actually do anything, except it gets that poison in your mouth potentially, and now you have poison in your mouth and in your leg or wherever else it bit you. So now you have two points of entry, which make it actually worse. So you don't want to try to pull the poison out. I've truly learned something today. For real? You are going to save my fucking life because I thought that was real. Scandal. Like... Part of my, like, litmus test is if you're a good partner is if you would suck the poison out of somebody out of your partner's leg or something. Yep. Now I know I'd be getting us both killed. Or, yeah, now suck the poison out and pee on somebody if they get stung by a jellyfish, right? That's, like, the, the true cowboy Wait. partner. 
Wait a minute. Are you telling me that peeing on a jellyfish wound doesn't actually help? It doesn't. Actually, it... No, I just did it for fun. (laughs) Actually, it probably introduces bacteria into the wound, which makes it worse. Man. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel so good, does it, Morgan? Now who's dumb? It's me. It's me. It's... David, 80% of the time it's me. Don't get on the high horse. <laughs> I didn't get the snake thing. You don't know You don't know jellyfish. I no. thought I knew everything about jellyfish, man. I've been developed today. I mean, more than a jellyfish. They don't have brains. It gives <laughs> me hope because they just thrive without a brain. So I'm just one step ahead of a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, they're very competent for being brainless. <laughs> right? They just live their whole lives. Zero brains. That was my award in my high school yearbook. <laughs> One step above jellyfish. <laughs> Pretty competent for brainless. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good compliment. It's like it's like we know you're we know you're dumb, but you're doing really well for what you've been given. <laughs> you're making the best of this. Congratulations, my guy. You're so brave. I, I would take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Um okay, so we got snake. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Oh, man. I think I would, like, try to challenge him to a dance-off. I know I would lose, but I feel like it might delay the the inevitable. Like, the, the longer I can keep him from eating me, maybe someone else will come that's like looks more delicious than me, that he'll get distracted by or something. So, yeah, I think I would challenge him to a dance-off. Yeah, that's why me and Morgan hike together. I'm, I'm hoping the same thing. <laughs> I, I do believe that it works just like how the legends tell. I think you need to soothe the savage beast with songs from the heart. That, that's even better than my answer. <laughs> Take me home to, to the, the place, place I belong. Don't kill me. West Virginia. <laughs> I'm not delicious. And that's, finally. Such a good song. <laughs> and finally. Sea urchin. Sea urchin. Okay, so I tell people that I've been attacked by sea urchins. They they literally just like stay in one spot. They they don't attack anything. They attack seaweed. So you're a liar. Yeah, they attack seaweed very very slowly. <laughs> they oh, do have. Oh, that's so precious. <laughs> they do have five razor sharp teeth that are so strong that they can chew through steel. What? Yeah. I mean, how long does it take? Uh, Remember that for D&D later. It would probably take a little while. They're, they're slow moving. And, and they're five teeth, and they're, they're equally spaced out. Kind of like, a, like it, it looks like an alien's mouth. You, you like Google urchin, uh, urchin teeth. It's, it's absolutely terrifying looking. And um, okay. yeah, so they, but they, they're not going to like bite you because you're not seaweed. And that's all they eat. But they do have very sharp spines. And it's like hitting hitting a parked car. Like you can blame the parked car, but it wasn't really their fault. <laughs> you were the one moving into it. <laughs> oh my god, we're looking at a picture of it now. That looks like a fucking that looks like it's the Sarlacc pit from Star Wars. Yeah. I thought the same thing and I don't even yeah. like Star Wars. Exactly. It's horrifying. Gnarly. Yeah. You seem to have a, a big thing with sea urchins. So much so we have a quote from you from the LA Times where Guides Jeremy Carberry and Kyle Fischler looked after us, pointing out sea urchins and keyhole limpets. You have an obsession with these things. I think you really are part sea urchin. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that doctor was onto something the more I think about it now. 
she kind of knew. She was like, she, she was a doctor, but she was also like some kind of like wizard and she could see my future and, and knew that this was my destiny. This is your calling as a <laughs> yeah. human urchin hybrid. Yeah. So we could, I could come back and talk about sea urchins for a whole episode for sure. They're really, they're really amazing. And have you ever eaten one? We've really tried. Dude, we tried so hard. Okay. We called like every uh, sushi place in our area trying to find sea urchins and nobody has them right now because of, of like the pandemic and everybody's on limited menu. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you something. Most, most sushi restaurants, the urchin is not very good. It, it tastes, it tastes kind of fishy and the coloration is, is kind of odd. Oh, hold on. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. Is it not a fish? Um, it, No. They're in the same family as uh, a sea stars and sand dollars. They're not. They're not technically like a fish, like a you know clownfish or a shark or something like that. Today, years old, that I learned that sand dollars are an actual animal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're another trippy one. Yeah. I was wondering. I was reading online that you had a near miss with a shark. What kind of uh, shark did you have a near miss with? So I've I've like bumped into them a few times, mostly pretty small sharks. I did have an experience in Maui where I was with a couple friends. They were spearfishing. I was looking for lobster as usual. And they had they had speared a few fish that were bleeding a lot, all right? We didn't have a boat. Oh, no. We were just we were just swimming. And we had probably swam about half a mile to a mile from where we got in. And it was along a cliff, so you couldn't just get out whenever you wanted to. You had to swim back. I guess you guys didn't watch Jaws young enough. <laughs> I did, and I'm still out there. So that maybe that figures into the brain list. Fucking madman. <laughs> you yeah, jellyfish so this... you. <laughs> <laughs> sharks, there's not really any evidence that sharks are attracted to human blood, especially close to the shore on a coral reef where there's tons of food for them to eat. And a couple of the people that were with, they like scraped themselves on the reef. They were bleeding. The fish were bleeding. I was getting kind of nervous. I was like, we need to get out of here, you know? So this is like late at night. The, the swell had picked up and like they were having problems getting out of the ocean onto the cliff where we had hiked down. So finally, like they got up and then I threw the bag of bloody fish up onto the rocks first before any of us got out. And then I like threw him his like gun and a couple other things. So I'm the last one in the water. Everybody else is out of the water. All the people that are bleeding, all the fish that are bleeding is out of the water. And then just kind of instinctively, when you're in the water, you kind of want to you know, spin around, see what's around you. <laughs> so I, yeah. I put my flashlight down back in the water and I spun around. And right as I spun around, there was a, a white tip shark. He wasn't really, I don't think he was going to attack me, but he was definitely swimming right at me. <laughs> like just following that bloody scent trail. Was he all alone? Yeah, I only saw Ooh. one. Isn't that uncommon for that type of shark? No, I mean, they eat fish, huh. so if they smell bloody fish, they're definitely going to follow that scent. I just thought that was a kind of shark that traveled in schools, in like a pack. So there's uh, there's two different species of white tip sharks that I know of. There's a, uh, a reef white tip, and then there's a pelagic white tip. And the pelagic live out in the open ocean, and the reef live on the reef. And I, they, I, have, seen them, um, I have seen them in groups maybe of like two or three, but I've, I haven't seen them in bigger groups than that. Maybe when they're ble when they're uh, <laughs> bleeding, breeding, they bite onto each other when they breed, so they also bleed. When they're, then you might well, see more of them together. Well, I was wondering, which shark would you rather be attacked by? Left shark or baby shark? Oh, baby shark, for sure. 
You're right, because I mean he's way smaller than Left Shark. Yeah. I actually disagree. I think I think you might want to consider this that Baby Shark may have that jiggly puff attack where she sings and it kind of entrances you. It's a stunning effect. I didn't I didn't consider that. That's now I have something else to think about. Something to think about. I, I definitely think we're gonna have you on again. I know you're 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 running a little short on time, so we're gonna have to I think about it and then we'll definitely get back to it. <laughs> Before we let you go, we have to ask about your new podcast that's coming out, which is called The Teeth Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. As you probably guessed by talking to me, I really love animals. I love the outdoors. And uh, whenever an animal attacks a person, I really want to know the details of, of how, why this happened, how this happened, how did the person escape from it. What did you do to this precious baby? <laughs> yeah, whenever I'm reading like a newspaper article or... or you know, a headline, they don't, they just don't give you that information. And it just leaves me wanting, it leaves, it leaves me very unsatisfied. Mm, yeah, I could see that. And I really love the podcast format. And for some reason, there's no podcasts that interview people that have been attacked by animals. That's not a podcast that exists in the world somehow. So I have made it my mission. And that's like crazy to me because there's already been a podcast about everything. There really has more than one, <laughs> probably too many. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So fortunately I have a, uh, you know, music and, and recording audio background. So I was able to kind of utilize that and working in national parks and the ocean. I know a lot of people that have had, that have some pretty great stories. So uh, I've been able to, to rally them together and get their experiences and really get into the details, you know, what, what, was, what was the context of this attack? And then what they were feeling and thinking as it was happening, how they got out of it, and what they learned from the experience. And as an outdoor enthusiast, it is something that, uh, that I've, I've, I really, really get a lot of value out, out of personally. And I think other people that want to hear awesome adventures and also want to learn about the outdoors and how to, you know, respect animals and hopefully avoid being attacked, it's going to be a really valuable I keep saying valuable. It's fun. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. And I know that when it comes out, I'm going to be, uh, I'm absolutely going to be checking in on it. Uh, do you have uh, when, do you have an idea of when it's going to be released? When you're going to start putting yeah. out episodes? Yeah. Late, late uh, April is the goal. Yep. Late April. All right. Well, well, we'll keep an eye out for you in April then. Sounds good. Uh, we have a little bit of time here. So I want to talk about this more and, and about your uh, audio engineering background. But the reason uh, I wanted to bring it up now is because you are the first guest that we've ever had on the show that has their own IMDb page. <laughs> and, oh, we found everything. <laughs> you did. We, we did. know you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, you do. We know you better than you know yourself. Just like that sea I'm, urchin. I'm sorry for <laughs> you, then. <laughs> but one thing that really caught my eye was that you worked on the Hunger Games in the audio department, but yeah. you went uncredited. And we have to give it up to you because that was one of the biggest blockbusters of that year, and you went uncredited on it. And that might be the most maximum mediocre thing that we've ever had on this show. So <laughs> we just wanted to congratulate you because you win. You've absolutely won the show. You got us to say the title. <laughs> so jeremy cheers to you buddy we got a little celebration here all right thanks <laughs> we got 
I wish you could see it. We're, we popped some champagne and we had our streamer go off. Oh, wow. Could you get the glasses? I, I'm feeling the vibe, even though I'm not seeing it. Well, I want you to know it's a total mess. Maximum mediocrity achieved. <laughs> Let, let's get some let's get some pouring ASMR here real quick. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard actually for for movies slut. and video games where if if you if you only worked on it for like a couple days, you might not get credited. Um that's kind of that's kind of standard actually. Not even salty about that. And I'm 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 on IMDb, so it's like it's I'm I'm not credited in the credits, but I'm still on IMDb, so it's good enough, right? I think that counts. How do you feel knowing you've basically ended our show? <laughs> I'm the grand finale, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we're, we're going to be hard-pressed to find anything better than you. That's why we have to have you on again. Because... The golden unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Yeah, yeah, sure. Next time uh, I, could, I, could tell you the, I could tell you the story of, of working on that, that movie. That was, that was pretty cool. Dude, we are eternally curious about your about your IMDb page. And um, the next time I see you, I'm going to be asking a lot about moose, moose, as the plural goes. Oh man, oh uh, don't. <laughs> we'll save don't, that for next time. Won't do we, not, Jeremy? do not Google flail chest. <laughs> don't Google that. You don't want to know what it is. I wasn't gonna, Jeremy, but <laughs> yeah. now I might. That's an injury that moose cause, and you don't want to know what it is. I I know what it is, and I wish I did not know what it was. I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. I might Google it later. Don't you try me? <laughs> As I'm saying not to Google it, I know that people are going to Google it, and then they're going to say, oh, I do do this. Why did the I do that? I do. How many people do you think have it in their tab open right now? Usually I listen to podcasts when I'm driving, and then I'll say, oh, I should look that up later, and then I never do. Well, we better hope for those people. We hope everybody listening is driving right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you guys are super fun to talk to. I definitely, uh, definitely want to come back and... Uh, we can. Sounds like we can go in any direction with with uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but it's okay. We'll get to it. Jeremy, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, we'll definitely check out the upcoming Teeth podcast and uh, check out Jeremy's website. We're gonna have links in the description. We're gonna have links wherever we can put them. Jeremy, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Do you know someone who has bad luck with animal encounters? Maybe send them this episode. It could help keep them out of trouble one day. Plus, it helps our show grow. Speaking of growth, Maxim Mediocrity is now part of the Geekscape podcasting network. They're a collection of talented, entertaining, and completely independent podcasts that I'm very proud to be working alongside of. I want to thank everyone for helping us get this far, including my friend and co-host Morgan, my soon-to-be wife Abby, our dear friend and captain of Geekscape, Matt Kelly, all of our guests, people that help out with the show, and of course, all of our listeners. Without all of you, I'm just a guy talking to himself through a microphone. You can continue to find us on MaximumMediocrity.com and now also on Geekscape.net. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.